0: What up, everybody? I want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide. And we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your boy, Emmanuel. I'm back in the kitchen. I'm whipping it up. And I have Mr. Jake Doctor. Is it Doctor? Doctor. Doctor. Got it. Say what's up to the people. Jake? Hey, how's it going out there? Word, word. And today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download, and 30-day free trial at AudibleTrial.com/sxsndls over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player if you still own one. All right. So Jake, what's going on with you today, man? How you doing, bro? Doing all right.
1: That's good. The sun's out today. Busy day. Yeah. You got kids. Got so, kids, you know. All of a sudden, it's like, wait, it's already at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we just got started, <laughs> right? It goes Kid, by quick. Kids are randomly waking up early. Yeah, and then Monday's like our busy day because mm-hmm. I'm off on Monday, so we try to cram in activities. And Word. my son's a year and a half. My daughter's four. Mm-hmm. So you know, they do a music class in the mornings. My daughter does ballet in the afternoons. Mm-hmm. Today, my wife was tired, so tried to get the kids out of the house. Took my daughter to the climbing gym. Get and that then, energy out, huh? Yeah, and then it's all of a sudden the end of the day. Yeah. But, yeah, busy day. Work. Didn't do too much, but did a lot.
0: That's cool. Yeah, yeah man, I was, uh, it's been a pretty productive day. Got up early. I've been driving Lyft for a while, you know, uh, full time. Walked away from my gig. I was working in insurance for like five years with the same company. Three years with another company. But five years with the last company, I just walked away and just decided it was, it was a wrap. Needed more time for my life and doing what I want to do you know what I mean so I drive lift in the morning came home uh, my wife was off work and she had my daughter still home with her she didn't take her to daycare so we went to the park which is cool and went back out drove a little bit more and back here got ready to do this here you know here we go here we go so You you
1: should record your podcast in your lift so you can double up
0: see I think I would have to get some type of clearance from the people you know what I mean I don't know if I can... uh, Depending on who's in the back seat. Exactly. They may not want to be recorded and or, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I don't want to have any conflict of interest because
1: there was somebody else that does live. He's like,
0: bro, you should just do it in the car. I'm like, eh, (laughs) I don't know about
1: that. A good buddy of mine, he was doing donut deliveries Mm. for Voodoo Donuts Mm -hmm. for like a lot of the stores that they like sell their Voodoo Donuts at. Yeah. And so I was like, dude. We got to get together, we got to record a podcast, we got to do something. Mm-hmm. And he was like, the only time that I have, because he had he has two kids, busy, hustling, was just like, you can come on my donut run with me in the mornings, <laughs> and we could do a... And I was like, that sounds great, let's do mm-hmm. it. And he's like, cool, I'll meet at my house at 4.45. Oh. And I was like, oh, like uh. Uh, <laughs> So we did it like twice. Yeah. And... It was fun, but the first episode you ever record is always like, you're just figuring it out, so it's not something we'd ever put out. It's real clunky. Second one was like, fine, and then I was like, "Mm, I don't know if this is going to work out. (laughs) My first one was like, ugh. It was cool, but... And then imagine doing that at five o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. While every ten minutes, the person gets out and is inside the store for like five minutes and then runs back in. Yeah, no. We were like... We, I mean, it was great. We had fun, but yeah, I don't think it was meant for us. Yeah, long. my brain doesn't operate at a high level. <laughs>
0: you know what I mean? Like before eight o'clock. So
1: yeah, and I'm like, we're never going to be able to get guests. Who's going to want to be interviewed? At no, it's 5 just time 5 you guys in the morning. Yeah, it's just you two. That's yeah. it. <laughs> I don't know for that interesting. Yeah.
0: Oh man, that would. Uh, I I think though, can you guys? So that's the only time you can record. Is this was song. years ago now we haven't even tried oh, to do okay. it again since okay. then maybe we could do it again now he doesn't do that anymore i mean it could be interesting because it's just a unique concept so yeah. you don't have to be that interesting you just be like it's quirky yeah and people like quirky totally. things you know what i mean <laughs> so but uh you have a new podcast idea that you're gonna be doing and that's why yeah. you're on the show there we go you know what i mean you reached out to me i appreciate you uh, we had a quick little exchange um, on IG and... Slid into the DMs. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you don't slide into another man's DMs. <laughs> there, there's, there's a pause that we have to put on that right now. <laughs> no, but no, you, you came through the DMs and uh, you told me about what you're working on. So tell the people about the podcast idea that you have.
1: Yeah, just, uh, I mean, building an idea and it's, it's just kind of putting language around stuff that I've been trying to figure out. Okay. And trying to connect with people about just figuring out what it means to be an ally. So mm-hmm. I'm a white guy for all yeah. of you listeners at home. <laughs> people who... Uh, Jake is white, people. Yeah, confirmed. Confirmed white. Uh, you couldn't tell by his accent. <laughs> it's the middle of California, white bread accent. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm white. I'm straight. I'm cisgender. Grew up Evangelical. Mm-hmm. have all of this privilege mm-hmm. all of this identity mm-hmm. and grow up and it's one of those things people ask like oh when did you start thinking about this stuff and it's like hard to pinpoint but thinking about what stuff just like even being self aware of these of things right like, white cis yeah what does that evangelical? mean evangelical mm-hmm. yeah so it's just like for the past 15 20 years have been kind of figure out like what does this mean what is it what comes with it what's the baggage what is the privileges like even understanding what the concept of like white privilege is i don't mm-hmm. think people have that until a certain point mm. not I've, i mean not a lot of people even have it right they don't even know that that's a concept you still talk to people about it now and they're like wait i don't know if i like that what does that mean you know mm. But i've been trying to unpack that for a long time yeah. trying to say like how do I understand who I am? Mm-hmm. How do I have my identity? Yeah. How do I unpack all this stuff that comes with it? And then what do I do with it? Because there's like this concept of like deconstruction, right? Mm-hmm. And the podcast that I'm working on and podcast, blog, all the stuff that's going to come with it is, gonna, is called The Dismantled. Mm. And it's that concept of like dismantling. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, like dismantling all that stuff. Dismantling what it means to be white dismantling what it means to be a white Christian, Mm. dismantling what it means to be a white straight man, you know, all of these things being a white, being a man, what does that theology look like? You Mm. know, and figuring out, is there something there that I should hold on to? Are there, are there little pieces that are good? Are there pieces that should get thrown out? Or, but then there's like that really easy, like deconstruction where I think that there's a lot of people who grow up and then, you know, you have the stereotypical go away to college, take your first philosophy class Decide that you like beer. Decide that you like meeting people and partying. And then, like, you never go back to church. You know, and you have that initial deconstruction. But mm. then, like, where do you build from there? There's no you deal. And, and especially, like, growing up evangelical. And now I'm at a point where I'm, like, I'm 100% not evangelical. But then you ask the question, like, okay, what are you? And I think a lot of people have the easy idea of, like, I can tell you what I'm not. Mm-hmm. But that's a really easy thing but being able to say what am i going to rebuild from there Mm -hmm. and what am i Mm -hmm. as i'm leaving all of these things behind Mm -hmm. what am i picking up instead you know what i mean So, like if i'm going to leave evangelicalism behind does that mean that i'm leaving all of christianity behind or just some certain elements and then i'm adopting something else does that mean i'm going to go into another denomination I don't know. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Or does, can I like somehow exist in this space of like, I'm not that, but I'm no, like, I don't know what I am, you know? Or, yeah. And then the same thing with like <clears throat> dismantling my white privilege, dismantling, dismantling that. What does that mean? What am I getting rid of? And then what am I picking up and adopting? How do I do that responsibly? You know, like I can't, I don't want to co-opt somebody else's culture. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take over something else. So how do I get rid of all of the baggage of white privilege? How do I get rid of all of the evils of that? But then what am I rebuilding that? Like what is being, mm. you know, what is there a way to be responsibly white? Is there a way to be an ally? And so that's really the core of it is like we're dismantling all this stuff, but then how are we rebuilding whether it's being our straight privilege, whether it's our cisgender privilege, you know, how do I how are we understanding it? How are we tearing it all down? But then not just only existing in the space of tearing everything down. But then, what? How do we rebuild? How do we live into being an ally? How do we live into community? How do we surround ourselves with other people and make sense of all that stuff? Because I think it's really easy to tear stuff down. But we've got enough of that in our culture of tearing stuff down. And we need to find ways to be like actively building up, but in a way that makes that's responsible, in a way that builds community, that's inclusive. That's real. So I'm trying to figure it out, and I'm here yeah. to tell you right now I do not have any answers.
0: <laughs> no. Well, I want to, I want to. Um, I mean, you, like you said, you want to dismantle a lot mm-hmm. of things, and I believe in, in this society, in this culture, we do need to dismantle a lot of things. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I started this podcast, is to kind of start the conversation and help us start thinking about how mm-hmm. we need to dismantle certain things. We need to dismantle certain ideas. Right. Um, I came out with I did a two part series on racial deconstruction we need mm-hmm. to dismantle the idea of race because race is, is an illusion really you know what I mean it's just words mm-hmm. but it has turned into uh, a system unfortunately mm-hmm. uh, race is not real but racism is real Exactly. you know what I mean and the effects of racism is very real and how it plays out
1: mm-hmm.
0: on, on culture so when you hit me up I was like man this is like peak socks and sandals bro right. like, this is everything that I thought about before starting this mm-hmm. and I thought I was gonna have every episode be like this but it's not the easiest conversation mm-hmm. to have and not a lot of people are willing to have the conversation and so I started going in different directions where I could continue to put out mm-hmm. content weekly until I could build to the point where I can start having these conversations that I really want to have yeah um, so I know you don't have all the answers but I want to ask you questions and I want to kind of us both to kind of get down to mm-hmm. answering these
1: questions you know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least f- Totally. creating a, f- a framework. So. Well, and I think that the the crucial piece, right, is that maybe we don't. I think that we too oftentimes rely on the fact that there's going to be an answer. Mm-hmm. I can I can have a question. Mm-hmm. I can Google it and have the answer and I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I think that does a disservice to the reality of what the thing is. Like I love Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. I love. Googling stuff and figuring it out. Mm-hmm. I host a trivia night every like every other week, mm-hmm. and it's all about it's like I wonder what the largest island is, and then mm-hmm. Google it. Like, oh, it's Greenland. Cool. Have the answer right, but it's. I think that we do a disservice because it's more about the conversation, right? It's the saying like I, especially when it comes to ideas of race, especially if it comes to ideas of faith. If the if the answer is easy that's probably not the right answer and you're probably not building something that's sustainable and you're probably not building something that's really going to serve you for a long time because you need to have relationships you need to have conversations and you need to be able to put yourself into a place where you're like learning from somebody I mean that's one of the values of church right is you're able to go you're going to sit down and you're going to learn from somebody Mm -hmm. every week if you go every week because it's like over a long period of time you don't like one day go to summer camp or go to vacation bible school commit your life to being a part of a faith and then you're the pope there's a long period of time in between where you have to learn and grow and mm-hmm. figure stuff out and then you can get to a point not that like being the pope is like that what we should all be striving to be right mm-hmm. but there's like this period of like we have to learn so how do we like have those conversations put mm-hmm. ourselves into the places where we're learning from people where we're having these conversations because if if it was easy just picking up a book, reading it, you're done Mm -hmm. a lot more people would be having it figured out but I think we we too often just say I'm just going to go on open the Bible treat it like Google I have a question, oh there's the answer, I'm done but nobody's Mm -hmm. wrestling with it, nobody's having conversations nobody's building community and being like how do I actually do this in my town or in my city or at Mm -hmm. my work or at my school Having conversations with other people, and that's what it's ultimately all about, I think. Mm. Well, we're having this conversation. That's what this. So is. let's have it. You know what and I mean? And we're legitimately in our socks.
0: Word. I don't have any sandals. on I know. you should have. We like, are a in our socks.
1: commemorative sandals. <laughs> <laughs> all I got is my uh laptop case over here. <laughs> and we are both dads. Yes. So we're both like the type of dudes who would wear. Socks, socks with and our sandals. sandals. Yes. <laughs> Everybody and we are all it. about unapologetic expression. So
0: we don't care about what somebody would say if we're yep. wearing our socks and sandals in public. I'm comfortable.
1: Yeah. And I didn't want to trim my toenails.
0: Exactly. That's why <laughs> I have my socks on. My wife doesn't want to see my toenails. So that's what it is. She doesn't so, want the, the public to see how bad my toenails are. So I do this yeah. for her. So it's the lesser of two evils. Word. <laughs> <laughs> so let's have this conversation. Um. All right. Where do I want to start? Okay. So... Kind of piggybacking on what you what you were saying, um, you said it's, it's not necessarily about the answer, but having about having a conversation. Um, but you your podcast is going to be called the Dismantled, mm-hmm. and you're calling it. You're saying you need to dismantle something mm-hmm. because you believe that there is a problem, mm-hmm. so you want to solve a problem. So if you want to solve a problem, you need to have a solution, correct? I don't. Do you? Yeah. I don't know if you do. How do you solve a problem without a solution? You need a solution.
1: The problem isn't solved until you have a solution for it, right? But is the point solving the problem getting to the end? Yes. Or is the point the process by which you get there?
0: Like is The it- point isn't the process. I mean, the process is, it's it, it creates a great, there's a great story in the process, but at the end of the day, in my opinion if you see a problem mm-hmm. you want to solve that problem right if exactly. someone has cancer you don't just want to talk about their cancer and talk about you know healing right, right cancer right, right. totally you want to eradicate the cancer as soon as possible right. so that they can live and have a productive life right so if you see a problem I think the the end goal is to solve the problem right not just to talk about the problem because if you talk about it and don't solve it it's going to be endless Terminate. conversation. Right. right. But I
1: think there's maybe a both and in in your narrative. as like, yes, the goal is getting rid of the cancer. Mm-hmm. But there's a process by which you get rid of the cancer. No doubt. You don't just take a pill and then cancer's gone. You have to go through the work. Not right now. Right.
0: Hopefully. Fingers but crossed. But you want to eventually get to a point where you can right. take a pill and right, get the cancer. Right.
1: But for now, there's a process that Definitely. you have to go through. Definitely, and that process sucks.
0: But the question is, do you want a solution? I think so, but I don't know what it is, right? So it's like I'm not
1: saying do you you know what it is. Do you want a solution? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's similar to like part of the process is that if you go to say, hey, you're let's use me as an example. Mm -hmm. I don't like speaking for other people. Work. 20, we find 19 year old Jake and we say, Hey, you're a racist. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go, No, I'm not. I've got Mexican friends. And it, it, like, you say, Hey, you need to, uh, like, get rid of all of these things. Like, you are homophobic. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not all this stuff you know and, and then now i look back and i go oh yeah that 20 19 year old 20 year old jake was racist that 19 20 year old jake was homophobic that you know all of these things mm-hmm. 19 what year was it like 2000 george bush voting focus on the family listen and jake uh-oh. had all of you know like uh-oh. Focus but focus on the family uh-oh i know uh-oh. but all this baggage that i grew up with right but mm-hmm. you can't just say you got to flip that switch and stop doing all that stuff mm. You can't just say, like, you just take this pill. It's not There's not Morpheus, who's like red pill or blue pill. hmm And then all of a sudden your eyes are open and you see the reality of the world, right?
0: hmm
1: There was a long process that I had to go through that I think I had to go through. hmm And I wish that the process was faster. I wish it was like we were talking about earlier where there's a pill. Because along the way, I'm still carrying a lot of that stuff that I needed to get rid of a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So it's not a justification to be like, oh, I was just ignorant. I was just naive at the time. You know. But there was like a process of like you can't – when you're – I use the metaphor a lot of like getting into the drive – or when you're learning how to drive, right? Mm-hmm. And you're first – you got your learner's permit or maybe it's like your first time with your license and you're about to get on the freeway and you're panicking because you're first getting into that merging lane and all of the cars, like semi trucks are going by like at 65, 70 miles an hour Mm -hmm. and you're in like your tiny car and your first time on the freeway, you're like, it's super scary. You got to ease yourself into it. You know, you start in the slow lane Mm -hmm. and then you eventually move over And we need to be able to help people through that process. Not saying that there's like not accountability Mm -hmm. along the way. So I think that is sometimes we do need to say, yeah, the stuff that you're saying is harmful but there's a process so like i moved to san francisco in 2000 and went and worked with a inner city mission organization and grew up in like the bible belt of california grew there's up a bible in, belt in california i mean not really but it's like essentially like, oh, okay the like the color was, like the most liberal <laughs> Like non-bible I, <laughs> state of all time where I grew up was like used to be in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most churches per capita like, mm. huge church community mm-hmm. everybody there says they went to church there's like a, just a very like culture of going to church where? grew up doing that and grew up you know very evangelical very conservative but it wasn't the like super super right wing but just enough where like I grew up thinking that you know Homosexuality is, there's an agenda and they're trying to destroy everything around us. Mm-hmm. Grew up thinking, you know, that, you know, all of this stuff of with the evangelicalism, like the concern, like focus on the family. I wasn't allowed. My mom will still not watch uh, League of Their Own because Madonna was in it. And we can't support Madonna because she's pro-sex, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of, it wasn't the like... I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. We didn't have a TV growing up. I like, couldn't watch The Simpsons like I'm that. Sorry, Very, I'm like... sorry
0: your childhood was so... The
1: <laughs> Simpsons were... I mean, I'm sure you watch it now, but... Maybe? I, I, I don't watch it anymore, but there was a couple of there years a... when I caught up. Yeah. And, uh, But like, it was this this culture of just like, here's a lot of stuff that you avoid, right? Very like, legalistic. Yeah. I get it, yeah. But like, the first CD I ever bought, my parents had to like, before I could listen to it, they mm. had to like read mm. the liner notes, mm. listen to the lyrics, make mm-hmm. sure that it was okay. It was the Cranberries. No need to argue. Still a great record. Never heard of it. Uh, super good. Okay. Um, but you know, had little... they had to check it out first.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, any Backstreet Boys? Uh, insane. No. no? Too, no I grew- Too worldly. That was too worldly. Uh,
1: probably. I didn't really listen to the radio, but everything was Christian. Mm. Carmen. You know Carmen? No. Carmen's like this. Uh, if you googled Carmen you might be like okay I know who this guy is oh um, it's a man yeah Carmen is a dude who like was like this very like pop music he's got like all these like big songs there I mean now I just like it's one of those things you're like I can't believe I listen to that garbage <laughs> but just like very Christian went to the Christian music store bought all the stuff and then I started getting into like all the like Christian punk rock stuff all the mm-hmm. but like at the time it was into like skateboarding punk rock ska all the like edgy, but it was still Christian stuff. It's mm. so, like had to like tried to get the Mohawk, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. So yeah. um, now I've gone back and listened to all that stuff, <laughs> got caught up. Mike Mike Riggins tried to get me you know into New Edition. My wife was teaching me all about man, that. Shout stuff. out to Mike, man! <laughs> Trying to put you on some culture. Put him on that New Edition,
0: bro. Mike, God bless you, man. You
1: you're doing the Lord's work out here. Mike and I argue about music all the time. Yeah, but uh, he knows about it, so I'm sure he's going I hard know. on it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, avoided all that stuff. But now I'm like, oh, man, there's a lot that I missed out on, and I think that's kind of a metaphor for later, right? It's like when you live in that thing of like legalism, mm. then there's a lot that you miss out on. Finally moved to San Francisco in 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was trying, I went there to do inner city missions. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do all this service stuff. Mm-hmm. But went from like very white, very Christian, very straight, big church to the inner city of San Francisco mm-hmm. where like step out my front door over somebody who's got a needle on their arm. Mm-hmm who all of a sudden the people who live across the hall from me are like a Cambodian immigrant family where there's like 12 people living in a single room apartment Mm -hmm. to being around working at the homeless shelter with people of every possible ethnicity background story working with the guy who runs the shelter who's a gay man Mm -hmm. working at this other place that serves people with AIDS and HIV who are transgender and every you know variety of background that you can think of and all of a sudden my mind was just like what is happening i had no way to like make sense of any of that stuff cognitive dissonance absolutely which Mm -hmm. is super important but you can't just flip that switch and take little jake from this you know there has to be it was like through the guys like well i'm here to serve i'm doing all this mission stuff but then started having these conversations with like this amazing man named fitz in San Francisco who is still like don't know what where he is whatever happened to him you know there's like people that mm-hmm. in your past you have these connections with that are mm-hmm. hugely influential in my life but who knows whatever happened to him More. but I had this conversation with this person who was like telling me all about how they run this homeless shelter how they love serving these people and then he introduces me to his partner and I'm like wait this doesn't make sense I grew up thinking that gay all these gay people were out to like pervert me they are out to destroy everything Mm. but this man is like loving these people serving these people giving his whole life comes in every day he's also talking about all of this stuff from a christian perspective
0: Mm.
1: he's a man of faith and to me like this is a man of god but then there's this thing that's making me go wait a minute This is also not jiving with everything that I was taught. Mm. I didn't flip a switch overnight, but it just took like a little brick out of the wall, right? Where Mm -hmm. I was just like, wait a minute, something's up. I don't know what's going on yet, but there's something that's not quite adding up. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Then all of a sudden I'm being told all the time growing up, immigrants are gonna steal our jobs. We gotta control all these illegal immigration people. We gotta make sure that these people aren't coming in and eroding the fabric of American culture, right? Mm -hmm. But then I'm living across the hall, from these people who are undocumented and they are always giving me leftovers, always inviting me into their home. They're working hard. I see them going to work every morning, taking care of their family. And I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Mm. There's not this like sneaky conspiracy. It takes another little brick out of the wall, right? Mm. And the, those types of little things happen over years and years and years, which is why I mean like there's a process of like the solution is living in a place of inclusion and community and the beloved community that that we hear people like dr king talk about mm-hmm. but sometimes you can't just force somebody into that you know you can't just take a kid in an evangelical church who's like the pastor the, the pastor's kid in kansas city and move them into the Castro district of san francisco and expect them to just have it all figured out within a day you know what i mean yeah. there has to be a process and that comes out of like having conversations And building those relationships and so that's like the process that i mean is like if you asked 20 year old jake what's the solution i wouldn't have even known what the problem was it's Mm -hmm. the same thing with like mathematics like my brain is not a mathematic mind it's about figuring it out it's about being like okay i know that there's a direction that i need that i'm feeling called to go in Mm -hmm. that is like at the time comes from like my theological upbringing of like love and serve others you know the golden rule love god first love others i'm like okay i'm but I'm, then i'm being put into the place of like the people i'm supposed to be loving is this like flamboyant transgender man who i don't know how to love because i've never been taught how to love somebody who's not like me mm. but then there's still the gospel that i was taught which was like Love others so I'm like okay I don't know how to love this person but I'm called to love them anyways but that's on me to try to figure that out mm-hmm. you know what I mean and then all of a sudden I realize, like wait a minute all of these people that I'm connecting with they're loving everybody around them they're showing up every day and serving all these people they're actually living the gospel mm-hmm. and then there's that cognitive dissonance of like how are these people that I was taught could never be a part of the gospel are the ones who are actually living the gospel in a way that I've never seen before.
0: Mm.
1: That are like all of a sudden all of these people that are, you know, in in the town that I grew up in. I grew up in a a very, experiencing it as a very white town, Mm -hmm. but now like later looking back of like, it's the farm, it's like the middle of agricultural California. Mm -hmm. There's a huge amount of migrant population there. There's a huge amount of Latino immigrants. Mm -hmm. My high school was had tons and tons of Latino people. We had maybe a few African-American people in the town mm-hmm. that I never interacted with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Had no idea. Like, I connected so it with seemed my white, white friends. It seemed white right. when you are growing up. Because but it you says were you raised, live in the bubble.
0: Yeah, but you, yeah, you go right. to church with the white, you know, all those right. people... Um, the it, town was probably pretty segregated, just by exactly. you know, just by whoever has the most money is going to live over here. Right. If you're a migrant worker, you're going to live in this side of town. Exactly. Um, you were raised to think that those people were the enemy. Right. And so the you heard the gospel, mm-hmm. but you didn't see it. You you didn't see it active. It wasn't activated fully. Right. It only applied no, I, to the white people. Right. But
1: I thought that it was activated fully. You thought it was. Because it was making sense for all of these people but, who were like me. So what, so, what you were raised on, it sounds like you were
0: raised on white supremacy very heavily.
1: Yeah. But it's like very subtly, like it would never even realize that it was white supremacist. It would never. Not
0: to you. up. Right, right. When up you're in inside it. it yeah, you're right, right, inside of right, it, right. it. Yeah. Not until you, like you said, you experience something else. Like, wait, wait, what's going right. on? totally and so but then you would also
1: have the it's like this like very self-serving theology of white supremacy Western is it is self-serving right it self-serves on the back of any anybody that's non white absolutely yeah but then it's like this very like it would never admit it to itself because that would be too um self-aware but then we would have people come in to some be some like some
0: people are overt with oh them. absolutely some
1: absolutely yeah um but then it, there would be like missionaries that would come in to speak at the church you know like missionaries from Africa like so people are like we're welcoming these people we're welcoming these these black folks into the into the church these we're welcoming people. these indian missionaries into the church right mm-hmm. where then people are like look at us you know mm-hmm. we're this diverse church we're we're embracing multiculturalism mm-hmm. but it's this very self-serving multiculturalism of like you have to pick up and the dominant culture like these people have to learn how to perform like us mm-hmm. we're not going to go to their we would have never gone to their church mm-hmm. you know what you I mean? mean. they're going to come to our church right we i'm not going to go to india mm-hmm. but they'll come here and they'll show us some pictures and we'll give them a part of our tithe and mm-hmm. look how look how multicultural we are mm-hmm. it's like that's not multiculturalism at all you know mm-hmm. what i mean but it like performs in a way that can tick the box. You can go home. You can feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. you can be like, we sang these songs. We, you know, we gave some money to a missionary family from Mexico City. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not racist because I'm giving money to these Mexicans. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not racist because I'm giving money to this uh, community in um, the Congo or wherever mm-hmm. it would be. You know what I mean? But then, in my day to day life. I'm not having any interaction any interactions with people of a different culture right. i'm not having any any interactions unless it's like they're the people who are making my food it's over. incidental it's not intentional right. yeah okay. totally and
0: so yeah, it's, it sounds like you weren't raised on christianity you were raised on white supremacy like flat out like they weren't teaching loving of all people like well they God were teaching it
1: but they're not actually doing it
0: well I, exactly but, right which is uh, not teaching it faith without works is dead right exactly you know so they weren't doing anything they were just lip service it sounds like um and it's good that you recognize that Though Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't recognize it they think they will go to their graves and hey i gave money to mexican immigrants Mm -hmm. Yeah, i had some africans come to my church out i helped out with some you know at risk teens Mm -hmm. inner city urban no you throw out all these buzzwords and we gave money to that organization hey, we do things for those people all the time. Right, so we're good, right? <laughs> right, yeah. That's it, you know? And uh, yeah, that's that's great that you had that But
1: experience. then there's, and because it's got that under-arching theology of the end result is that they're going to eventually think like us. Like, if I'm going to go hang out with Right. They want it to be a melting pot of everybody assimilate to what we do. Exactly. Because we
0: have all the answers and you come to us because we're better than you.
1: Yeah. And they would say you should go out into the world and develop relationships with people. Mm -hmm. But the point is to then eventually get them to come back here. Yeah. To get them to think like us, to get them to go to our church and to perform in this way and to you know if you go out be very careful and I grew up going out every Monday night we had a thing called Monday night evangelism Mm -hmm. go take classes on like apologetics and then go out and do door to door knocking on doors asking people questions trying to get them to be saved Mm -hmm. and you know the point was you know we would go to specific neighborhoods where it's like okay you know hey this neighborhood's a little bit more run down which you know now I realize people of color right yep and then we're going to try to get them, you know, but then we're going to get them to come back to our church. Mm-hmm. Instead, of, instead of realizing, like, all these people already have a church. Mm-hmm. There's this really amazing, vibrant church that I never knew about. Now when I go back, I'm like, that church has been there for 75 years. Mm-hmm. The guy who's the head pastor has been there for 40 years. He's like a pillar of the community. I never knew that that was even there. Mm-hmm. And why are we going, like, but we had no idea that those churches were even there. We just assumed those people are lost because they're not going to our church. You white know? supremacy, yep. And, and and not just even from like definitely white supremacy, mm-hmm. but also like hetero supremacy. You know, being like we have we're going to go out to save these people. Anybody who I became friends with, and I, another one of those examples of like the guy Fitz at the homeless shelter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There was a guy in high school. Um, mm-hmm. Name's Ian. Again. No idea. No idea his last name. No idea where Ian is now. Sure. Ian was like the kid who would show up wearing like wizard clothes, Mm. like definitely typical like nerd. Played Dungeons and Dragons, which growing up was evil. Mm. Cannot play Dungeons and Dragons Mm. now. I love playing Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) I'm super nerdy. Mm -hmm. Um, And have no idea. You know, but would was weird the weird kid sure, you know, sure. the weird nerdy kid mm-hmm. and would wear like a pentagram shirt mm-hmm. it's like when you're in high school you're probably just wearing it because you're trying to piss somebody off not because you're actually into Satanism or whatever mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um, and was gay mm-hmm. and when high school like we were in the same class we had to do some projects together and I remember one time I have no idea where it even came from I don't remember any sort of concerted effort on my part but Ian was just like I mentioned something about church and he was like oh you're a Christian I was like yeah and he goes oh cool well like I can't remember exactly what he said but something to the effect of like well you're not like all those other Christians like thanks for actually being nice to me or just some like kind of offhand comment and then we we're done and moved on to the next thing mm-hmm. and I was always just like I remember just being like, I don't know where does that come from mm-hmm. I don't know what I what do you even mean you know and there's, like, a positive side of that, of just, like, yeah, you know, treating people as they deserve to be treated. Mm-hmm. But then there's the reality of just, like, I didn't even know, like, w- where that came from. I didn't even know what that looked like. I didn't even know what I had done differently. Mm-hmm. I was just being polite to somebody. But now it totally saddened me because I'm, like, just being polite seemed different to him because that probably means he'd only ever experienced just, like, negativity Mm -hmm. you know so that's super saddening but then also just the reality of being like i didn't even know enough about who he was to like have realized the reality of that relationship Mm -hmm. you know and that was like a thing where i always just was like my how i treat other people has an impact on them it doesn't just have an impact on me you know and i think that was one of those moments when i like then later graduated moved to san francisco was like how I'm treating people, whether or not I agree with them, has an impact on them. So I have there's some sort of reciprocal relationship here, right? Definitely. Whereas growing up before that, it was just feeding me. Mm. It's all about how selfish. this stuff is just mm-hmm. selfish. Like, yeah. it's developing me. I'm going to go out and win some souls. Mm-hmm. That I'm gives gonna me some better. points. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to get a badge. I'm going to get a
0: pat on the back. Right. I'm going to be considered more whatever I'm gonna have more favor with the elders of the church or the pastor or with
1: God or 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 with God whatever and then I all of a sudden there's like these little moments where I was like wait a minute there's a reciprocal relationship here Mm. this spirituality or this theology isn't just about serving me it's about like the relationship and I still didn't know what that meant Mm. but it was a little clue to like there's something else going on here and then all of a sudden being in San Francisco all of a sudden, I saw like, oh, all of these people are serving each other. Mm-hmm. This is a reciprocal relationship. People are like, it's not just about these people. They're giving completely of themselves. Yeah, and and, it's just true ministry, and it's true ministry. But these are all people that, like, like if they showed up at our church, we would be like, you don't belong here. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't be in like all of these people. The places where I saw Christ being the most modeled. Mm-hmm were places where those people would have been denied participation in any ministry in my church. So question, what does it mean to be evangelical?
0: I hear that word thrown out a lot. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of have an idea of what
1: it means, but I, since you grew up that way, what does that mean to you? What's the definition of I mean, there's like the, the theological, like academic definitions. Not right? the academic, the right. social right. definition. What does that mean? I think there's like the both the both and is like the theological is like the definition is like the by you know the the bible is very central Mm -hmm. jesus is very central so Mm -hmm. like definition is like you're looking at a specific relationship with christ and a very evangelical thing is like you can have a personal relationship with jesus right the bible is the inerrant Mm -hmm. word of god Mm -hmm. and like we are come together in every Sunday for church mm-hmm. and the, the very like the social and there's all sorts of other like specifically theological definitions mm-hmm. but then there's like the theological or the not the theological the like more practical definition is like when I was 14 years old I had no idea what those theological definitions was but I could tell you all of the like this is the stuff that my church does mm-hmm. this is how we're different um, and it, it's all very like showing up. It's performative. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what we do. This Mm -hmm. is how we act. We come on Sunday mornings. We do these things. You go to Awanas. You learn Bible verses. You're going to do evangelism. We're going to have these services. It's very Mm community-oriented, but, like, in a a strange way where it was a blast growing up. I'm not going to lie. Like, when I was 13 years old, youth group was super fun. We had, like, a cool rock band and we Mm -hmm. had video games and yeah, it's it's like a community center. It's, yeah, it's very right. entertaining, self-serving. I'll right. makes you it, feel good. Oh, it's right. very entertaining. It was awesome. I had great friends. The mm-hmm. people that I grew up with are are still some of the closest people. Right. Um, and it's all about, like, this, you know, we're this church. We're the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. We're coming together. We're going to do all of this stuff, and we're going to be, you know, a, the light on the hill that draws people to us, you know, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I still think that's a thing that the church should be and should be doing. Mm-hmm. If we're able to remove all of these subversive things that's actually destroying it, where exactly as you were saying earlier, it's faith without works, where it's all this performative faith, where we look like we're really great Christians, Mm -hmm. but there's like, and there were people at my church who were, and I look back now, I'm like, how are you at our church? Because Mm -hmm. you are like a really amazing person of God, Mm -hmm. you know? who like was living in community with others, Yeah. who was like living on, like there's this amazing woman who um, like was a part of our church and she left and went to live on the other side of the tracks and started an amazing ministry with like all of those Latino folks who I never knew. Actually, that's really all the tracks is, means uh, uh,
0: like the neighborhood of color?
1: Yeah, that's what we or call Or
0: was it literally a train track that divided the neighborhood?
1: There literally were tracks. Okay. But just the phrase, the other side of the tracks. Right. Like, the other side of so, town.
0: she left a white neighborhood to go to. Right. Her. She's a
1: white lady who went and lived in community over there and, mm-hmm. like, did amazing things. Mm-hmm. And, like, she grew up in our church. So I'm, I don't want to say everybody who went there was sure. white supremacist, right? But yeah. she, I think, saw the failure of it mm-hmm. and was like, I'm not going to get this here, so I'm going to go seek it out. Right. I'm going to go do. Right. I'm going to go do it. Yeah. Um And drew people around it and Mm. was like, wait a minute, there's some amazing stuff happening, you know. But when you're young and you don't realize what that means, you're like, okay, cool, that's good for her. Mm -hmm. But I'm getting everything that I need here. Mm. But this thing here is built to feed me as a white, straight man. Mm. So, of course, I'm going to stay here because I'm getting fed because Mm. the machine is built to feed me, right? So, what does it mean to be white? What does that mean
0: to you? Like, what's the definition of white? white
1: I mean there's a lot right there that's a whole podcast right um, you know looking at the definitions of white privilege you know being somebody who the dominant culture similar to theologically my church fed me mm-hmm. our culture is built to, f- to feed and, and benefit me as a white man mm-hmm. I mean, being somebody who has the historical background mm-hmm. of privilege, being in a place of dominance, not just as myself, but as like a metaphor, mm-hmm. right? Like I represent kind of the dominant culture currently, yeah. as well as historically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where that, that privilege comes from is like mm-hmm. the system now and yesterday and 10 years ago and 25 years ago was built to maintain a dominant culture. And I happen to be a part of that dominant culture. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the privilege is just being
0: being a part of the being a part of that culture. Is that is that where the privilege
1: comes in? I think the privilege is that culture. It is the culture, right? Yeah. It's like uh, the philosopher Marshall McLuhan talks about, like the medium is the message. Like mm-hmm. the privilege is the culture. You know, like it's mm-hmm. not they're not they're part and parcel of the same thing. Okay. Um, I think whiteness is the machine that drives racism, and it is racism, mm-hmm. and it's not just that there's like a machine that benefits white people. White people are the machine that benefit themselves. You know mm. what I mean? Like they are the machine, mm-hmm. and we are the thing that is being benefited. You know? Or, um, you know, it's a, it's a theology, it's a philosophy, but for a lot of folks, like you were saying earlier, it you know with race being an illusion that also allows for people to not even be aware of their privilege. Mm-hmm. It allows people to not even like realize where then they you know you hear people say I don't I don't see color. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah because you have the privilege not to. Mm-hmm. You, you actually do. It's a completely like fallacious argument. Mm-hmm. But it's because you live in a world where you don't have to think about it. Right. So the people who say they don't see color are white people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. You know, because they don't have to, because they can just go to the store, they can just go out about their day and just live their life as who they think they are, right? right. It's the same thing with being like a man. Like when I walk around downtown at night, I don't have to be looking over my shoulder in the same way that a woman does Mm -hmm. because I have the privilege of being a man who just kind of is like, yeah, chances are nobody's going to be out to get me. Or Um, as a straight man, I have that privilege of Mm -hmm. being like, I can kind of just go wherever I want and kind of act however I want and people are just going to assume that like, this is where I belong because I belong in most places, Mm -hmm. you know? Same thing being cisgender, like I can, people look at me and they know kind of, I present a certain way. And for the people that don't know, go ahead and give the definition of cisgender. Cisgender is that, like, I am a man. Mm-hmm. Like, biologically I was designated a man at birth mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm a man. Okay. trans like and It's the opposite of, like, transgender, like where you're designated a certain gender at birth but then, because of your identity you identify as a different gender. Cisgender mm-hmm. is I identify as the same way that I was
0: designated when I was born. Well, trans is not just you identify, you actually change you, you physically Like you have an operation To change your gender right? Or you if take you do. hormones Or whatever to Potentially
1: change. Yeah If you can afford it mm-hmm. um, I think for So you a, can be a
0: transgender And not have Any transformation?
1: Yeah Just how you identify There's a lot of folks Who dress They You know Let's say they were designated A woman So a cross dresser Is a transgender? No No? There's like We're like drag queens right? Mm-hmm. They're, yeah, they're men re- Like RuPaul Right She's not trans is she? RuPaul is a man when RuPaul dresses as a man, when RuPaul dresses up as a woman, then identifies as a woman. So RuPaul in day-to-day, everyday life is a dude. I thought that was queer. Queer is any possible, and like queer is a very like open term mm-hmm. that anybody can kind of use to say. Like there are lesbians who identify as queer, there are gay men who identify as queer, trans people identify as queer. It's just kind of a general term. That they said, dominant culture oftentimes used queer as like a slur, and then for gay the LGBT community said we want to take that term back mm. and use it as like a term that we use to identify ourselves. Queer generally means like not binary, not straight or gay, not cis or trans, but just like I'm somebody who's queer. I don't fit into the norm. Mm. Um, What's the difference between a queer and a pansexual? I think pansexual. I mean again as a straight man answering questions for another I'm just I, seeing if you know I'm, totally. I'm trying to understand cuz all these years there's like new
0: new words new right. terms like every totally. few months and uh, I'm trying to see is it are they just getting uh, fancy with the terminology or is it really means something different than
1: what I think you know what I mean I think it is generally means something about not fitting into a box mm-hmm. like my identity doesn't fit into this box maybe I don't identify as I don't identify as trans. I don't identify as gay. Mm. That's why, I like, LGBTQIAs, lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, intersex, queer. What so is intersex? The Q is people who are born, like, we used to have the term hermaphrodite. It's okay. like an older term. Mm-hmm. Intersex, people who are potentially born with both, both or various forms of, you know, some people have. A little bit more, you know, maybe they're born with both female and male Mm -hmm. genitalia.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So intersex or um, queer or questioning. Sometimes the Q is questioning. Sometimes it's queer. Mm -hmm. And then A is asexual or ally. The the Q and the A can kind of go either way. A stands for
0: ally. Mm -hmm. Ally of what? Of those sexualities?
1: Right. Of just being like, I'm a straight person. Like, Mm -hmm. I identify as an ally. Mm -hmm. Being like, I'm straight. I'm cis, but I want to try to live in community with others Mm -hmm. and stand for, like, their inclusion into our society. Mm -hmm.
0: So being an ally
1: of whatever that is. But there's, yeah, there's, like, all sorts of terms, right? And I think that's really... There's a good example of what we've been talking about. It's like, I grew up just being, like, I'm straight. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is straight. Mm -hmm. I think that most of the world is straight. I've got all these... And then this in stuff that I'm taking in is all about that if I meet somebody who's gay or I meet somebody who's trans, that's weird, that's bizarre. They're probably out to get me. They're probably perverted. It's this weird subculture mm-hmm. that is like just all about sex. It's all about perversion. And then I moved to San Francisco and met a trans person who worked at this amazing organization called Project Open Hand that like was serving people with AIDS and HIV who couldn't get out of their own house mm. so we would like make meals and take them there like legitimately like something of the gospel like feeding people and was working alongside trans people who I'm like these people are embodying the gospel mm. I don't know these terms I don't I am t- totally was one of those people who's like slipping up mis- misgendering people calling somebody who's a man Is she you know completely messing up all the time and completely putting my foot in my mouth probably offending well it is confusing it totally is
0: let's be honest like it's confusing like you don't know who or what you're looking at so if you don't know you don't know
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right some people I see and I didn't know like I literally didn't know you look like a woman
1: yeah and we have to acknowledge like is that coming from because of how I was raised like I was raised where I wasn't around people of other Ethnicities. So I would go into a community and be completely putting my foot in my mouth about issues of race Mm. because I was raised only around white people. Mm -hmm. And if it was around people of different ethnicities, it was in this very like way we were talking about earlier, where like you're kind of being put on the pedestal as like these people that we're serving, not Mm. that we're really in community. Like, I'm not going to your house. I'm not eating meals with you Mm -hmm. i'm not having conversations with you you're going to get up and talk on a sunday and that's the end of our relationship you Mm -hmm. know what i mean in the same way we're having these relationships where i wasn't around and now i realize that like i have members of my family who are gay Mm -hmm. i didn't know that at the time Mm. i have people now who i'm closely associated with who are gay who are trans who i'm like I was missing out for years because I didn't have relationships with you, you know? And when you don't have these experiences, you're going to mess up. Mm. You're going to say something wrong. You know, it's like the kid who makes the wrong joke. And then all of a sudden you realize like, Oh, that joke was okay to the community I was raised in. It's not an okay joke, but with all the white kids, we make that joke. Everybody gets to laugh. Now in this context, the person who that joke is at the expense of is here, all of a sudden it's awkward and then you realize like, oh that's because of that's all that privilege and that baggage that I had that I didn't realize and when you're confronted by the reality of it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you live in the bubble, you don't realize you're in the bubble yeah. all of a sudden when you're confronted by it, then you start realizing and that's where those relationships come in is that you get to have those relationships with people and you get to be like, okay this person is trans. They're like a good friend of mine, Donovan. Was like one of it. Wasn't is one of the most influential people theologically for me. Of just being like an amazing man of God. Who I'm just like, thank you for being brought into my life mm-hmm. for teaching me about so many things, for being somebody who's like mentored. And they probably don't even realize that they've been a mentor. You know what I mean? Mm. But I've just been like learning from them. And and he's transgender. And it's just like I would have been 15 years ago, 10 years ago, probably even five years ago, like messing up, making mistakes. But we have to have those relationships. We have to have these conversations to say like – and I think that's part of being an ally is like how do we have conversations amongst ourselves where we can say like, hey – This is a safe place to have these conversations. When I go out and I meet somebody at work who's trans, I don't want to offend that person, but I need a place to be able to have the question, to place to ask those questions to say like, what do we, like, what is this thing about like gender pronouns? People saying he, she, they. Mm -hmm. It's confusing because of my privilege. I'm confused as a straight cis man because I was never raised around this. I need to be able to have these conversations, so that way, when I'm connecting with people, I'm not offending them because we've had it in our safe place where it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well,
0: I got I got a few questions for you. Yeah.
1: um Let me just run down the list.
0: um Are you a racist? <laughs> Remember what happens on socks and sandals Stays on socks and sandals Let's put this in reverse Ha <laughs> Shout out to Kid Capri Shout out to Jake Doctor um, I did this one a little different I wanted to put The beginning As the end And the middle to the end As the beginning So I wanted y'all to hear the meat of the conversation And then go back to see the foundation Just a little bit different And also um it was a very long episode and i want to make sure y'all got the best part of the episode and i listened to the beginning like ah, i ain't got time to listen to the rest so i want to start with the good part not to say the beginning wasn't good but you know you got the small talk the chit chat and it takes a while to really get going so hope y'all liked it let me know what y'all think hit me up on uh, instagram at sxsndls on twitter at sxsndls um i'll say a little bit slower at SXSNDLS, uh emmanuel since 85 on instagram It's my personal instagram my government emmanuel williams on facebook let me know what y'all think um you know what else is there what else goes into the, to the equation of being a white ally let me know i'm still learning we're all learning together we're all working through this together Um, so let's get it appreciate y'all for listening once again grace and peace